Welcome back to SoulNet, friends. We're back in the pod talking today about a topic actually that I'm grateful for one of our listeners to bring into our awareness. But before we get into that topic today, I just wanted to check in on the Soul Sisters and see how everybody's doing, if there's anything on your heart before we get into the good stuff. Hmm, thank you, Dana. Uh, I can share that I've noticed the last couple of days I have sad and grieving parts on my heart that are up in my system. And um, the experience of that is common, um, and I'm learning to soften my um, interaction with them and, like, welcome them home to a safe place in my system. So I'm learning that as a process. That's, yeah, that's what I've noticed mm. the last couple of days for me. Very nice, Elena. Mm. Oh, it's nice to see you guys. I think what's on my heart right now is just connection. So I'm really happy to be here today and with you again. It's I always miss you when we're not on the pod. So it uh, uh, feels good to be connected. What's on your heart, babe? Well, you know, we're going to share a little bit about that today. So um, I have been working through some threads and I'll give, you know, a bit of a background. So today we're talking a little bit about um, you moving as we cultivate this awareness within ourselves. But there was a big, fairly like notable cosmic event that went on um, with the new moon. We had the, the spring equinox. We had the new moon. We had Pluto moving um, signs into a Aquarius, which it and into a, a sign it has not been in for a very, very long time. And for a lot of us, you know, kind of follow the cosmos or feel very connected to the moon cycles. And I am definitely one of those people. Um, it was an opportunity to, you know, close some karmic cycles. And with the closing of karmic cycles, there's often a lot of this old stuff that continues to get washed out and comes up for us. I don't know if you guys remember, but when we were in Whistler, when we reconnected, um, this is where the birth of the soul net actually came. We talked a lot about um, closing rings in our lives and whether it was related to this time of our life or um, where we are on our spiritual journey, regardless of age. And these kind of coming to a deeper understanding of some of the reasons behind the lessons of our younger days. And so I don't know if you remember guys talk, we, we had these kind of visuals that came to mind. I had these almost like the Olympic rings that would kind of close and like light up. I think we talked about like tying bows and ribbons yeah. and these kind of symbolisms that can come forward when we're our aha moments, so to mm -hmm. speak. Mm -hmm. um, so I had one of these kind of ring closing moments into something that is very, very old. So if I go into my heart, which is, uh, you know, historically was not an easy thing for me. Getting in touch with my emotions was, um, has been a journey. Um, I learned at a very, very young age to, um, stifle these emotions because they weren't really safe to share in my home. And so as a young um, person growing up, I had an eating disorder. It's something that I worked through and I had a slight relapse, very, very brief um, after my divorce because it was traumatic and I didn't you know, have the tools that I have now to kind of work through it. And since then, I've had, you know, 
20 some odd, almost 30 years of a very healthy relationship with movement and with food, um, partly as, you know, the work that I've done. Um, I think sometimes we end up in careers as part of our healing journey. So we help others often, you know, as that mirroring of, of helping ourselves. So this conjunction of all these, this planetary information kind of, you know, coming forward. And then coupled with some of the physical changes that I'm noticing as my menopausal, perimenopausal self, I found myself back into this place of shame and judgment around my physical body changing. So I beautifully, you know, found myself in this, this cosmic week of everything coming to the surface of all of these old things that were kind of coming out going back into these places of, you know, shame and guilt. And I fortunately was able to play witness to myself and go, hold up. I know what that emotion is. That's shame. That's guilt. These are not the emotions that serve me anymore. And they're not scary to me anymore. So instead of running from them, I was able to meet them in this moment. And I was really fortunate that I had a session with one of my practitioners that's who's also she's um, a shaman, she's acupuncturist, she's just a beautiful soul. And so I came into this, all this stuff on my heart, prepared to release it. And then in my experience, um, when we move through some of these emotional pieces, there's the the somatic piece that lays within the physical body. And I've learned to get fairly good at identifying these things and releasing them on my own. However, I do find that sometimes we all need help. And so this particular oh, yeah. practitioner was able to, as I identified what the emotion was, she was able to take me through and rework some of these feelings in a somatic way and release the physical feelings that I would feel. And um, often for me, when it comes around uh, these things around self-acceptance or self-worth or self-value, which have been part of my journey and my lessons here, a big, big part of those journey, especially with autoimmune illnesses, I think that's part of the, the process as well. And so he was able to help me kind of transform these kind of darker feelings into the recognition that I am whole and complete because of all of this dance between these different emotions, instead of the previous me that would have seen this, like these horrible ways I would speak to myself in these, the little inside voice. So instead of pushing them down, not allowing them to surface, I was actually able to bring them up, allow them to move through not only on, you know, a cognitive and a heart level, but also on that somatic level, thanks to um, this longtime um, practitioner that I work with. Wow. I wanted to share because I feel like it's a reminder that these things, as Elena shared with us last time, these things come up and they can be gone for our lives. And we can think that like they don't hold any power over us anymore and we've moved through it and we're done. But the reality is sometimes these come out in these subtle ways. And if we can continue to grow, we can then meet ourselves in a different place than we used to meet ourselves as, as again, as Elena said last time to be the parent we needed to meet ourselves with love and compassion instead of guilt and shame. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, so Dina. Yeah. Heartfelt share. Thank you. Mm. And you know, shame is is one of the heaviest emotions to process. And so it lives in the body. It doesn't get processed 
in the head it gets processed through <laughs> through the viscera like you said somatically mm -hmm. through the touch the senses through the senses i hear so many people in clients saying oh, i'm trying to figure out this emotion and in your experience it's more like felt sense of the emotion and having a practitioner there as a um a guide to yes. to assist you through the feeling of because it's uncomfortable territory it's actually physically uncomfortable it's physically painful often you know especially we, like, i think it's why we avoid yeah. it right yes exactly yeah. yeah yeah or i used to for sure thank you so much for that share dana that is um i i think probably resonant for a lot of people yeah right now especially like if you're going through body changes like perimenopause or menopause or aging or just whatever it might be just changes in your life and you can be triggered when you're not feeling yeah. strong or you're not you're feeling different yeah um, and so, you know, that can come up in any number of ways, but I just want to also say, I love the guide, like the practitioner and mm -hmm. leaning into asking for help. We actually share that beautiful guided yeah. acupuncturist that takes us on these journeys. And like Eileen was saying, um, and you were speaking of is that this pain can be physical and your body can actually feel like it's seizing. I've experienced it as well in my own ways. Wow. It is like, if you've met, ever felt a deep sense of release, yes. when you actually move somatically through shame or pain or anger, and you come out the other side on a table with a guide, yeah. uh, whether it's a shaman, it is like maybe the first time I ever actually understood what the release of an emotion can feel mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. So thank you for reminding me of that gift that we can get when we are helped, yeah, when we are sure. helped through our pain. To add on to that, Megan, the constriction that you speak of is the organism, the nervous system, mm -hmm. The tightening that you spoke of is the organism constricting because it's like you have a little jellyfish and you poke it and it constricts because it's it's a it's a threat protection. So Afraid. when we yeah when when we have shame, which is um, one of the heaviest of the human nervous system emotions, because shame excludes us from the tribe and anything that excludes us from the 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 central survival system will have us be in the wilderness and die. So it's like the <laughs> ultimate primal fear. And so shame is a big one. Um, and so the constriction um, is a protective response. We shrink to protect ourselves. Emotionally, we shrink. Shame has a shrink. And sometimes we can have that state going on in the background for decades if we have unprocessed shame from our childhood. And then to release that with a body worker, with a healer, sometimes it takes a few body workers, as it mm -hmm. has for me <laughs> over the years, mm -hmm. <laughs> to release that, especially if you've been living in a state of constriction because of childhood trauma or just unprocessed emotional energy. Um, unprocessed emotional energy will have us live in that state of background constriction. To experience a release is like, <gasps> is to be able to breathe again. To be able to breathe again is is huge. You must have felt yes. that as an aspect of that, Dana. 
It's amazing. And it's, you know, I, I like to, I do like to think that, you know, maybe this, maybe this is done because I've hit layers of this, you know, this, these pieces of shame have been an ongoing cycle. Like I, I shared this, a lot of this stuff started in childhood as it does for most of us, yep. but I've gone into layers of it over the years. I think the alopecia journey, yeah. which I haven't talked a lot about on the pod yet, but I do have an autoimmune condition. I have had varying levels of, you know, full hair loss to some hair like I have now. Um, and that one actually caused me to go deeper and take a look at, you know, not only my, um, my physical lifestyle, as far as how I was managing stress, but start to go into those feelings. And that was when I really first started to acknowledge that, like, how nasty my inside voice was, and how towards myself, like nobody yeah. else, but it totally. was just like, totally. man, I would never say that stuff to anybody else. But to me, it was like this little voice. <laughs> and it was just me. It was she was mean. <laughs> well, this is the, the reason you don't put it to the others is because your empathic part is strong than your inner critic part. And so this is the difference between like the empathic trait that dominates versus the more narcissistic trait that dominates. We all have the traits, but it's just like, which one did we adapt to in childhood that got our needs kind of met sideways, so to speak? And so if we, right? And if we if we notice that empathy worked with our caregivers more then your empathic part might be stronger than your inner critic part, but the inner critic part beats ourselves up instead. To have us belong, to belong to the unit. Yeah, like, to keep ourselves safe. I so safe. relate. Right. I so relate to what you said. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay, I yeah. so relate. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that narcissists. Oh my. Okay, so we that we're, the narcissist in us is actually attacking us ourselves as opposed, and then the empath for everybody else on the outside. Like, I feel like that's like maybe my life. <laughs> like all the love out there to everybody because right. I'm so yes. empathic. And then exactly. to myself, exactly. I'm I'm like the little I'm like, yeah, like the, the masochist. I, okay. Yes. 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 Taking yes. the scraps that are left over, maybe. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. This is where and that's so saying the, we are so our own worst jellyfish. critic. Yes. <gasps> Yes. Like I really resonated with the jellyfish. Yes. <laughs> we all are. We're all the jellyfish. <laughs> like I was like that. Like I, I feel like when shame comes in, I feel yeah. like I'm a jellyfish that's just been poked. And then I feel like totally. I'm tiny, like I'm tiny. And I always picture like my inner child hiding behind a wall of fire. That's kind of how I, my jellyfish moment, but we'll get into that on a different pod. But yeah, Yeah. I have, I'll I'll share that story. Mm. I had, I had that, that was my, one of my somatic journeys, but can we just go back to this like empath narcissist? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dana has shared, Mm -hmm. you've shared um, quite often, Dana, that you learned and so similar to me too, and similar to to Megan and all of us to, to people, please, to kind of make things mm-hmm. work right in your family of origin. So we think of like, think of the developing child's mind. They learn through experience. Like if they've had two or three same experiences in the row, our seven-year-old mind or our 12-year-old mind is going to go, okay, that worked. That worked to, you know, please mom or dad like that in that way. But then in that moment, we didn't speak our need or just simply say, 
I felt sad with that mom or I felt confused with that dad or I help me because I don't understand. We repressed that, right? So then another part develops in our psyche that just tells us in that moment, okay, shh, don't say that because you'll be bad or wrong or you'll lose love. And so that part develops inside of us and stays quiet becomes this inner critic that just helps us adapt to the situation. I mean, for me, it was such a shock to realize people-pleasing wasn't actually Eilina. It was just a survival adaptation. Like, yeah. and it, when it feels oh like this, this soul division, right? Like that, and that's yes, how I would, my, 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 my now yes. self is exactly that. It was like my, yes. my, my soul self as a young child would have wanted to communicate what I was feeling, but that exactly. wasn't, there wasn't space for that. So I learned to, to separate and create this alternate persona, if you will, that is exactly. how I adapted through so many of my, my adult years, childhood and adult years, right? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. It's such I mean, a huge moment to realize that. And then yeah. your healing is mm -hmm. like when you were on that table getting worked with, you know, yeah. your acupuncturist is your partner in healing in that moment and she's yes. feeling your energy. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you, did you release tears? Did you feel this kind of vulnerable energy in you? Did you like extend empathy towards it. What was your experience? This particular practitioner, I have released more deep, deep old woundings, woundings. And I think it is cosmic timing as well, because I do feel like a lot of us, again, are moving through these kind of old, yes. old things. Um, but she in particular has this, um, this, and some of my most guttural, um, experiences, this transformation. And I've had these alchemical journey where I've literally created, you know, gold for metal, like these, these, it's just, it's, it's, um, wow. and there's often a very, like a visceral, like a, a um, <sighs> guttural cry that comes out through the moments oh, before, yes. like, it's like, it's like these deep, deep emotions come up and unearth and they come from the soul voice because the things yeah. that come out when I'm in these journeys with her are the voice is not, not what I know as my own, or I would label as my, my own or my ego's voice. It's definitely the stuff that comes out is just raw and real. And I yeah. had been in a, a violent, you know, shaking, sobbing with her. And then I come out the other side. She walks you so beautifully and transforms, you know, some of the hidden meaning of like how we interpreted as a young child wasn't actually what the scenario was. So she beautifully walks you through that moment into a, a, a different ending if you will, mm -hmm. of what, if we'd been there in that moment, kind of like we walk our inner child now, but she yes. takes us to that. And through this lovely somatic experience, we reprogram what that memory and that experience was into a more right. loving, compassionate, um, understanding. Rendition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, a, like a reframe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. On a deep, deep and not a, not a conscious level. It's all yeah. happening in those moments with the combination of the acupuncture needles and her just beautifully holding space. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to just say thank you, Dana, because, um, if you can find a healing partner, 
um, like to your point, um, an acupuncturist, a shaman, a body worker to help you go deep inside and someone that you can learn to trust and be vulnerable with. I think that's a really, sometimes it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, just like any real, you know, healing partner, a therapist, it takes time to develop a trusting relationship with someone that you're going to release with, right. Especially on that level. But I love the alchemy piece because acupuncture has been, um, a big part of my healing journey as well. And when I have pain, emotional pain, we, we, we go to the place in my body where I, where it's sitting and like you, it feels heavy. And sometimes it feels like metallic, like a heavy metal. And with my guide, we're able to work through a transformation and it often we, we transform the heavier metal, um, which often is sitting in my abdominal region mm-hmm. chakra, yeah. Yeah. um, that the, where the metal kind of pools and we often, um, transform it into gold and it is to your point, Eilina, it's, I have a connection to water. I feel you know, deeply connected to the ocean and my release is tears. And when that transformation happens and there's golden light, it's like a golden river flowing through your body. And then I just end up in tears on the table. And that's the release that we talk about. It is powerful and healing and, um, I just want to say thanks to all the people who help us get there. Yes. Yes. I did also want to say, Megan, um, from an Ayurvedic lens, I love that you actually bring up the symbolism of the elements of water because our Pitta dosha, um, for anyone who follows Ayurveda, I'll just give a bit of a lens. So we've got um, three different primary doshas where all these combinations of all of the five elements and the, the Pitta dosha governs transformation within the body. It sits in the abdominal region and its elements are fire and water. And it is the element of this. So you talk about the alchemical process of transformation. The pitta dosha is the direct one that is responsible for that. And that goes for, um, you know, all of our digestion and the assimilation of nutrients and anything that happens in there, as well as all of our emotions and anything we take in on a conscious and a subconscious level. So you have, you're right in, in connection with the elemental aspects that lie within ourselves and without and I actually think I am Pitta. I think you're that va- is my dosha. Vata. I believe you're a va- vata, va- vata Pitta, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can so we you're... do that on another pod? Can we do, yes. <laughs> can we do the dosha, you know, test? Yes. Uh, okay, great. That'd be fun. Yeah. I was going to add on to the somatic piece that you guys shared. Also, the, the release through water um, in one of my modalities that I use with internal family systems when we're helping to unburden aspects of our inner child, younger parts in our psyche, we help them unburden and release their burdens with the elements. 
water or air or fire or earth and create a ritual that um, creates a reframe and a rewiring. Yeah. And, and then the, the younger part has a connection to that element and can use it energetically to continue the unburdening because it's not a one time, right? It's like a continuous. Yeah. And just to share my, um, you guys reminded me of an um, experience that I had physically with a release um, when I had a, a guide assisting me with some um, really deep uh, felt sense. I don't even have a memory of it. It was I was really little. I was born with scoliosis, and so the upper part of my spine curves uh, deviates. Um, it's like a to the right side, but yoga has been really helpful for my lifelong journey yeah. of mitigating it. Um, but she was able to bring me back in utero to my experience of being trapped emotionally with my mom's unprocessed emotional trauma. And wow. Um, wow. this experience of being <laughs> trapped has been a lifelong physical experience for me. Like it's, there's no kind of um, cognitive intellectual understanding of it. It's just being emotionally trapped with my mom's unprocessed emotional trauma and family ancestral stuff. And so what I needed to do in that moment was move and like punch and bring fight energy up because what kind of shuts me down the most is the inability, the inability to bring fight flight energy up. So I just moved and punched and like, like pushed away the trappedness and created freedom and space and just like kept doing that. And I was like, it felt like breathing life into the uh, younger parts that felt so helpless and could only experience depression with the helplessness. It was like going down and reaching and saving these parts that are like so helpless and overwhelmed by the um, trappedness of, for lack of a better description, ancestral trauma of unprocessed emotions. Yeah. Oh, I I so so love you bringing that up, Eilina, just because this is like a reminder that we have our own stuff. And then we have what's been brought forward from the ancestors that we're often mm-hmm. left to close a ring or heal mm-hmm. one of those wounds. And, you know, we talk yeah. a lot about parenting and I think that's the, you know, what a lot of us have that, um, that motivation to heal some of those parts have been passed on from generation to generation and say yeah. like, no, like it stops here. This is done. And we hear that often in like yes. um, extreme addictions too, like especially alcoholism yes. and those yes. kind of ones that move forward, right? Totally. Where we're just like, no, this has gone on too many generations and it's time to time to change yeah. things. And so um, I think that's how we all grow as a, as a society is to, to have help moving through that because the ancestral pieces are a whole nother layer <laughs> of taking us into, um the layers of of the body right not just the physical but the the subtle bodies as well right can i also can i just ask you Eilina, who can do you mind sharing um who helped guide you to, like cuz going to the yes. womb yeah is like i think that's a whole other mm. um topic for a whole other day like when we go there that is so deep. I mean, when you go back to the womb, 
And so I'm just curious how, who guided you there? Yes, it's a colleague actually who practices um, similar modality that I do. Um, but actually, just to add to your point there, going back to the womb is, is actually quite common. And I do it often with my clients um, as a stage of healing. So we'll move through different developmental stages of their past. And often we fluctuate, like we might be working on like a pre-verbal stage and then it'll morph into like an adolescent stage. And there's a fluidity in that. Um, but I try to stay with whatever stage is presenting something in the moment and then yeah. give the opportunity to move um, and process the work in that developmental stage. Is it talk therapy or is it like also somatic, like body work? It's somatic body work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm being guided um, through visualization, through intentional visualization, through pausing, through um, a modality called focusing. So bringing your conscious awareness into the area with energy work, with breath, and then movement. Uh, when the movement is being asked for from the body, because the body knows yeah. the body <laughs> holds the score, <laughs> keeps the score, <laughs> totally. as Tessel Vandercock says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. What modalities have you found the most impactful for you as a, as a daily maintenance? Let's say our listeners have the ability to, you know, pay for some services and build their support team. Cause I think it's a really important part of our wellness is to have a team of people that we can, we can lean on for different things. Yeah. Um, I use over the years, so many different kinds, but I personally have loved um, for kind of regular maintenance, um, chiro care, chiropractic and acupuncture and interestingly reflexology, because I personally just deeply relax and surrender into it. And when I'm having points worked on that are t filled with tension, I just meet it and melt like an ice cube. And so it, it's like this meeting the tension ooh, da, 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 and then oh, <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a really cool experience. And then I also use um, uh, cranial sacral work has been really helpful oh, for yes. me. Yeah. Um, internal family systems uh, with, with the um, younger inner child parts that, um, have needed guidance that have needed like a functional adult in the room to help them feel mm -hmm. safe to release uh, unprocessed emotional energy. Um, and what else have I used? Um, doo -doo -doo, I think that's about it. There's lots, but <laughs> yeah. those are my faves. I like you guys have tried many things and we do lots of things in our, in our, on our journey, but my top two for spiritual mm -hmm. uh, and healing partnership acupuncture um with with someone who's a you know a guide who will guide you somatically uh and um the forest the forest mm, so uh, yes. the forest is my therapist yes um, and 100%. so i just yeah so i <laughs> yeah. so when i met um a forest therapy guide her name is darlene she lives in colorado i'm going to see her in may i'm very excited but she inspired me to um, become a, a forest therapy guide myself. 
but truthfully, the forest is the therapist. So, um, those are my top two right now. Well, forever, forever, forever. I, I can't believe that. I forgot to say that, Meg, because I so agree. <laughs> I'm so right yes. there with you. Yeah. Well, I feel you know, like it's I, one of I those, regulate. Like, I know. I don't know mm. if, um, I, I hope one day we all can see the forest as our therapist. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right? Amen That's to like, that. Right? Because the forest and nature is available to all of us. And she's so generous. She's so generous. Yes. She doesn't ask for anything in return, but she's yeah. there. So Unconditional if we, love. Yeah. If we can remember <laughs> yeah. that nature is a form of, uh, is, a, is a partner in our healing. Yes. Journey. Yeah. That's a like beautiful reminder. Therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank, thank you, yeah. Megan. Thank you, Elena. I'll send my two cents in there. So chiropractic and acupuncture have been my go-tos for a number of years. Um, and I have seen some amazing healing, you know, physically as well as emotionally from these things. Even um, a time, you know, in my earlier autoimmune illness, I was having a lot of very weird things going on. And I would actually acupuncture after needling. I would have, I had these wounds on my body and I would actually wow. see them like retreat and heal after I'd come out of a session. And, and I've been fortunate to work with a number of like beautiful acupuncturists over the years, like all very, very talented. Um, so it's been something as part of the practice for for years and chiropractic as well. And for me, partly because I, I'm very active in my work and the, the resets on the uh, the physical body have been important, but chiropractic also has amazing work on our nervous system. So, you know, we, we go in there and we can come out as a very different person. And I, I had my son, he still sees my, our, our chiro as well. And she's so talented. And I remember when we'd have transition years, if he'd come from his oh, dad's yes. house and he'd be like, we just had different ways of coming kind of, you know, parenting. And so he'd come home and he'd be like really, really high strung. And he'd get, he'd have this tone of voice that I'd be like, you can't talk in that tone of voice in my house. That might work at your dad's, but it doesn't work here. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, I, you know, I had this, this chiropractor who he still sees, who he'd go, go in and she'd just like bring him back into balance. And I, he'd come home as a totally different child. Wow. Um, And I think, you know, as parents, sometimes we don't know what's going on. And so outside intervention, especially as a single parent, sometimes I'm like, you know, that was, that was such relief for me. Yes. Yes. The village, the 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 team. Yeah. So important. Yeah. So yeah. So chiropractic, huge part of my team and the the massage, the reflexology, all that stuff is really fun physio as needed, but really (laughs) those are, and, and the forest always, but, um, but yeah, those are some pretty powerful ways. And there are, as we know, there are of course, many other ways that can be part of the healing process and many, many things at different times and different places too. Yes. Yeah. 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 Depending on the stage. And you guys are my village too. So now. Yes. Yes. Yeah sharing yeah. and caring and loving each other and walking alongside each other through these yeah. experiences. Yeah. 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 Common shared experience and validating each other's experience. I think that's what I notice a lot of us miss is the experience of community validating each other's just human experiences. I think this is why we yeah. feel so alone is that mm-hmm. uh, we're, we miss that. Like, oh, 
I'm okay. You're okay with that? Okay, that helps me be okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. And permission to do so, right? Like it often offers that like, and hopefully, you know, as we continue to show up as our vulnerable selves and, you know, sharing our stories, it it helps to bring our listeners into that same place and being, you know, more comfortable and confident to to share some of that stuff too. Thank you for holding space for me, Soul Sisters. And, you know, our shared experiences of, you know, learning how to accept ourselves. And I know that I am not alone in that journey of learning to accept myself wholeheartedly with those, again, those aspects of the light and the joy that I bring, but also those feelings of shame and being courageous enough to kind of keep going in there. And so as a reminder to all of our listeners out there that might be feeling like they, you know, just don't in some way add up and they're in comparison and stay on the path, you know, keep cultivating awareness where you can and meeting yourself um, as well as you can, you know, with kindness, with love and with compassion. And on that note, I am going to close with actually one of my favorite teachers, controversial as he might be, his wisdom uh, really resonates with me and it's by Osho. Accept yourself as you are. And that is the most difficult thing in the world because it goes against your training, education, your culture. From the very beginning, you have been told how you should be. Nobody has ever told you that you are good as you are. Beautiful. Thanks for listening into SoulNet, everybody. If you liked what you heard here today on the podcast, please follow, like, and share. If you have topics you'd like us to cover here on the net, email us at soulnetsisters at gmail.com.